Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by having a YouTube channel, by being an entrepreneur, by being a freelancer, or anything possible. And today, we're going to be talking all about YouTube and how you can create a YouTube channel, get money through ads and affiliate sales and lots of other ways to be able to become successfully unemployed. And my expert today is going to show us how we can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? So glad to have you here on the show with me today. Now, we're going to be talking all about YouTubing and how to be a successful YouTuber. And also, right now, going on, we are literally starting in a recession. Like, the recession is actually starting, I guess what they would say is actual definition. If there's two or three quarters of negative GDP or something like that, I'm not an economist, so I don't really know, but I've heard that we are literally in a recession now. Now, when you think about it, recessions come and go. And in a recession, there are ways you could actually make even more money, or you can be protected from losing money or losing things. Now, I'll be completely honest, when you have a job, a J-O-B, just like I did, I got laid off because of the last recession. I got laid off, the department that I was working for, they were running out of money and I got laid off after I just had my fourth child. You guys might have heard the story. I've said it on this podcast show a couple times before. But with that, I got laid off and I had to figure out, I had to scramble for that. But that's when I started investing. That's when I also started realizing there are companies you can create. There are freelance gigs that you can do that is actually recession proof. And in a recession, you can actually make more money. And I'll be completely honest with you that I'm not excited that people would be potentially losing their homes like they did back in 2008. But I am very ready for buying more real estate because when there was a crash in 2008, I almost, I, I would have bought so many more properties, but I bought as many as I could. Now with me being as prepared as I am, I'm actually looking forward to what I can do to provide for myself and my family with a recession. Are you in that place? Are you in a place where if there was a recession back in 2008, some of us might not even remember that. I, I had just started the workforce back in 2008 and as I was working, I got laid off. But other people, they got laid off and they didn't have anything to bounce to. Like they didn't have a job they can get to. I was blessed to find another department that could hire me on. That was a blessing. But then I started investing. And let me give you an example of what a recession-proof type of business would be. Now, definitely we're gonna be talking about YouTube where people in a recession, they're gonna keep on watching YouTube. That's literally what's gonna happen. But when you think about it, if you have a rental property, one real estate rental property that makes you money every single month in passive income, well, as inflation goes up and as there's a recession, two things are going to happen. Inflation goes up, but my rents go up with inflation. It automatically goes up with that so I don't really lose money. Like inflation doesn't really affect me because my rents go up. It's passed on to my tenants. And it's just the cost of doing business. Like my taxes go up and so the rents go up, but it's the going rate of all the properties all around. 
That is one idea of how you can actually protect yourself from a recession. So that's inflation. I'm protected from inflation. But what do you think about a recession? Well, in a recession, sadly, people will lose their homes. Back in 2008, there were so many, so many foreclosures, bank-owned properties. I couldn't, I didn't have enough money. I was trying to buy as many properties as I could. And so what happens, people lose their homes. Because I always get a question, well, Dustin, if there's a recession, won't your properties do bad? Like, won't you lose money? Well, no, I'm recession-proof. And the reason why is because when somebody loses their home, it's sad, but they have to live somewhere. Everybody needs to have a place to live. Well, if they're no longer able to afford a mortgage, let's say a $2,000 mortgage, well, my rental property, let's say it's $1,700. That's going to save them money. They need to live somewhere. As long as I give them good housing at a good rate, they're going to be taken care of. So honestly, my rents went up in the last recession and my property stayed more full because of the last recession. So I want you to think recession-proof. How do you recession-proof yourself? And today I'm bringing on a fantastic expert who has many businesses with online businesses. And today he's gonna be talking about YouTube and how YouTube can actually help you to make money. Now we know if you create a YouTube channel, you can actually get ads and have those ads roll before and after and in between your actual video that you create. But on top of that, you can get affiliates, you can get promotional items, you could get sponsor sales. All There's so many great things. Like I use my YouTube channel to actually help people learn how to invest in real estate. And if they want my coaching, then they come and they get coaching from me. And I am super pumped to bring on an expert from the Income School. He's going to show us how we can create a YouTube channel to make us money. All right, here is Ricky Kessler from the Income School. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ricky. Thanks, Dustin. It's a real pleasure to be back here. Matt, so this is the second time you've been on the show. You have the distinct honor of being one of two, only two people that have been on the show twice now. And I brought you on because the first time we talked more about online business, creating a blog, creating a brand and everything on there through a website. But you at um, Income School, and Project 24 and everything that you teach there, it's not just blogging, it's also YouTubing. And I've learned a ton from you and your partner, Jim. You guys are fantastic. So tell us a little bit about how you provide for your family without having that J-O-B, that just overbroke job. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, YouTube has been just key to our entire business, actually. Um, and so... <laughs> I guess what's the big thing for us and how we make money from YouTube and from the work that we do is we have created an audience in our YouTube channel of people who um, who want to learn from what we have to teach, but also just kind of want to follow along and be a part of something, right? And that's one of the huge opportunities with video and also with podcasting um, is that you get people that just want to follow along. And um, the mistake most people make when they think about YouTubing is they think that the way you make money is you sell merch and you put some ads on your video. And while those things are true, um, if that's the mindset you have, you're missing out on the biggest opportunity. So the way we earn a living um, from YouTube, from <laughs> making videos, is we use that opportunity with that audience we've generated and that rapport that we've built to provide those same people with something of additional value. Uh, it might be in the terms in just like a, a course or an ebook or something like that. You mentioned Project 24. Project 24 is really the biggest thing that Jim and I do in our business. And that is just teaching people 
um, in all areas of online, basically how to start a business and make a living. And YouTube has become a bigger and bigger aspect of just building that online audience that then you can monetize by creating something of value for those people. When you and I met, it was last year around September-ish at a conference. I remember both you and Jim were talking about YouTube and I'm a podcaster. I love podcasting. It's just so, it's in me. It's just easy for me to do. And I thought, you know what, YouTube, I bet it's good, but it's so hard. It's like, I don't want to have to get lights out. I have to get the camera ready. All I got to do on a podcast is just hit record. And so we're going to go down that route of not necessarily is YouTube better than podcasting. Although I will say I've learned now that YouTube is so much better at getting your content in front of people than podcasting. So we'll definitely go down the route. Now, you are just like me. We're just normal next door neighbors. Like we're just, hey, guys that figure something out. What were you doing before this? Like what was your normal job? And then what did you do to transition now to where you're successfully unemployed doing everything online? Yeah. Um, you know, before this, I I went to school. I was a chemical engineer in the beginning, right? I, <laughs> I took a job um, working at a chemical plant on the East Coast. Um, it was a good job. It was fun. I made pretty good money. Um, but it was still a job. Um, and from the early days, even back in college, I started to get a taste for entrepreneurship and always wanted to do something. So I always dabbled in little things. And most of the time it was some kind of like physical business. Um, some friends and I opened a little paintball rental business where we'd go out and, and host parties and stuff. Um, all sorts of things like that. And then I went to business school. I earned an MBA. Um, and I transitioned with that company into a marketing job, uh, got laid off something oh, that happens oh, to people that have a job, right? Yep. Um, got laid off. I took that. I tried to see it as the opportunity it was used as, as a chance to move back to Idaho, which is where I wanted to be. Um, took a job working for a computer company, um, doing something totally different project management, um, agile style project management, web development kind of stuff. Um, learned a ton there, but moving back to Idaho was a huge opportunity because um, not even a year before I moved back, Jim reached out to me and was like, hey, dude, I've been doing this blogging stuff. And back then it was just blogging, um, blogging and podcasting, really. I've been doing this stuff. It's working out really well. I started this income school thing. I want to take it somewhere, but I don't have the bandwidth to do it alone. Um, do you want to partner with me? And being a side gig guy, I always wanted something uh, where I could someday be my own boss. And so we started podcasting remotely. We'd meet every week over Skype. Um, I had a microphone, he had a microphone, and uh, I was writing articles on the on the blog, but it was really getting to move back home that really did it for me. And so we spent the next two years just um, working together once or twice a week was all, just working on some piece of content and it was in that time that we stumbled on YouTube. We started making some videos for our channel. We put out the first kind of iteration of our course. And in our course, we had a survey um, when people signed up and we asked them where they heard about us. And we started seeing that everyone that bought the course was finding us on YouTube, even though our channel was tiny, but our, and our blog was getting way more traffic than our YouTube channel was at the time. But the people who kind of converted to our brand were the people who found us on YouTube. And so um, we just started building up the YouTube game a little bit. And I had a job through all of this. Um, and I remember distinctly one day, um, I'm going a little long here, I know, but uh, one day Jim uh, invited my wife and over for breakfast. 
and sat us down and it was kind of like ultimatum time. It was like, what do we need to do to get you to quit the job and just do this whole thing full time? And I told him like, I, I can't take the risk. I need to be able to, we need to get, as Dave Ramsey says, get the boat to the dock, right? I, I need to be able to just step from my old job into this and not take a huge financial risk. And the plan was over the next year to do that. And it was six months. Oh, wow. And we took that, that year and within six months, um, and I think this is an important part of the story. What my wife and I did was we went home, we put together our budget. We just said, this is the, these are, this is how many dollars we need to make. And so, because there's two of us, we need to double that for the company. And we want to see that number at least three months in a row. And then, you know, if we show we can do it consistently, doesn't matter when it is, I will hand in my two weeks notice. And that's what happened. Um, I walked into the office one day with a letter, handed it to my boss and it's like, all right, we're, I, we're leaving. And he had no idea. He had no idea I was doing this thing. That's <laughs> awesome. And how long has it been since you did, since you put in that two week notice? It's been about two and a half years. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it absolutely amazing not working a job? I mean, when you're working yeah. for yourself, you have the self-drive and you know that you have to provide for your family. Plus you're able to help people. And on top of that, you're getting paid for your 100% of your value, not just a portion because right. a paycheck is just a portion of your value. Your boss is getting uh, you know more of it or the company is. So <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Exactly. There was one thing that you said in there that was really interesting to me. So I teach people how to invest in real estate in rental properties. I love doing that. That's a passion of mine. And I love getting coaching students. And one of the questions I always ask them is how did you find me? And I would say 95% of the time it's, I found you through the podcast. Now, obviously me having a podcast for a couple of years now for master passive income, where I talked about real estate, just specifically real estate, that's where a lot of traffic's coming in. And then, um, I realized that that is where a lot of traffic was coming in. So I started putting a little more effort and more time into that because I was like, man, I'm never going to stop this because this is where I get a lot of people. I get to help a lot of people. And then I've talked to you and I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. And Jim and a number of other people who are on YouTube that have memberships teaching people how to do whatever it is. It could be trading stocks or yeah. online business like you or whatever. Like my brother, he has a membership. He literally teaches people how to play poker and he has a membership yeah. and his YouTube channel is getting bigger and bigger. And I thought, you know what? I just need to bite the bullet or 
I need to force myself. I can muscle through it. I'm going to make videos. And I literally started making videos. And so I was like, you know who I need to talk to? We need to have on the show again. I need to get Ricky on the show to talk about YouTube. So right. <laughs> with YouTube, if we, would you say it's wise? Let's start getting into diving into YouTube. If, would you say it's wise to just have a YouTube channel? Or should we have a website? Should we have a podcast? Should we have a YouTube channel? Where should we start in all of this ball of wax of having an online business? You know, um, if I were talking to my brother today and saying exactly where to start, I would go down the YouTube path first. Um, it's, it's the quickest place to build an audience, frankly. Um, the difficulty with a podcast, I think today, especially it used to be a little easier, but today there's not a great discovery engine for podcasts. You probably see this all the time. I mean, people aren't just browsing the, the iTunes store anymore, looking for the new and noteworthy and picking a new podcast. Um, I think that's something that we as podcasters should fix. I think that there should be a new, we ought to have some sort of new thing out there that helps you know, helps people discover new podcasts that they would really like. Um, maybe it's kind of the Pandora Netflix style, right? That recommends yeah. things. Anyway, that's a big problem. YouTube, that's not the case. YouTube is a discovery engine uh, on a website. You know, Google is a discovery engine. And so, and YouTube, it's a little bit easier to build enough credibility with YouTube to get your content in front of people than it is to build that credibility with Google and to get a new blog rolling. Um, and you're talking and about SEO YouTube, or search engine optimization. Yeah, SEO, exactly, it. exactly. Using, relying on Google to get your content out in front of people. It's just a longer game. A very um, long game. I mean, YouTube, you have yeah. To, yeah, you have to write an article and sit and wait and wait and wait and wait for Google to finally say, hey, let's send this to somebody to hear. And if they don't like it, we're not going to continue showing this to other people. It's what you have exactly. with, with YouTube you have constant of like videos just popping up. Like you have, if you have eight videos out there, every single one of those eight can either be searched or in their feed or their, their dashboard or homepage or whatever that just lists out. I'm not a YouTube yep. consumer. I just never understood that. And when I, you and Jim both said that, and I started hearing other YouTubers say that I thought, cause my only thought was, well, you know, if somebody types in how to invest in real estate, then that's searching. I just thought it was just that just a search right. engine. It's so much more than that because you have just a feed. Exactly. If you just go on YouTube, you're going to see videos from every single spot that YouTube thinks, hey, you might like this. And YouTube and Google, obviously the same company, they are very good at their business. And their business is putting the right content in front of the right person at the right time. And so if you have that content, right. they really dive into you. So if you, and I, I really thoroughly appreciate this. I, I should have heard this and for everybody listening, I'm, I'm all on board with YouTube, like hundred percent on board with YouTube. Uh, everything for master passive income. I'm definitely, I'm putting out three videos a week because I was told by a, a YouTuber friend. Um, he has 30,000 subscribers and he was solely building on YouTube. He said, what you got to do is do three videos a week. Good quality videos, obviously not like professional and everything, but good content. And then once you get right. to a hundred, videos that you're doing three a week, then you start really getting some traction. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a lot of work. Okay. So yeah. let's go into your, like if you're telling somebody it's brand new, just like your brother, starting a YouTube uh -huh. site, how do we know what we should YouTube about? Like, I like playing video games. Should I just do video games on YouTube? Or is there a, a criteria? How do we know that? Because we'll definitely talk about the money and how we make, you know, monetize it. Right. But how do we know what we should go after and what we should show and create video and content for? 
Yeah, I think one of the big things is we want to establish that there is some sort of an audience on YouTube for this. And so um, oftentimes what we'll kind of look for, I mean, and this is kind of a trial and error process for us, but what we'll do is we'll go onto YouTube, we'll go in the search, we'll, you know, maybe there's a topic in general. And it, if you start too high level, everything's going to look competitive. If you say like how to invest in real estate, you're going to find a bunch of channels. That's, that's what they're going to cover. But if you dive down into a little bit more specific questions, um, we often look for those search topics where we find a video that's got a lot of views. Um, you know, depending on the age of the video, that might mean 30, 40, 50,000, 200,000. Um, but we'll find a video with a high number of views on a channel with a low number of subscribers. So if you get a channel with 2,000 subscribers that's a year old, that has a video with 100,000 views on it, people found that because they were looking for it, right? Um, that channel doesn't have a ton of subscribers. They probably don't have a bunch of content that flew off the shelves like that. And if we can find a few of those in an industry, and, and it can take a couple hours to, to do that, but if we can find a few of those, then we know the audience is there. Um, another aspect of this then is, what can I do with this audience? So there's a big following of people watching video game YouTubers and on Twitch and stuff like that, where people are playing video games and other people are watching it. But as far as like how to make money from that, that is pure entertainment. Um, I'm watching that to watch it. The best I can do is display some ads and maybe sell a t-shirt, you know, or a hat. <laughs> We're talking about merch and, <laughs> and, and that's about it. Right. Um, and so what we usually do is we try to find a topic where we can show some sort of mix of information and entertainment. The pure entertainment route is it just, it's tough to monetize. You get these channels with just, um, you know, millions of subscribers and, you know, maybe, maybe they'll get a sponsor. Um, that'll pay a bunch of money for them to sponsor a video or whatever. But if there's not, I mean, if it doesn't relate, right, it's like, who's going to sponsor a video about video games, except maybe, I don't know, maybe there's guys out there that are doing it. Maybe some of these video game companies, maybe, um, maybe Activision Blizzard, right, wants to go sponsor someone to go play Call of Duty. You know, maybe that is, maybe that is a thing. And so, um, really we're probably less restrictive on which topics we choose than, than you might think, but we tend to err on the side of more informational, um, where we can throw in a flavor of entertainment and we can show our personalities and, uh, people will want to be a part of it, but it's still mostly about instructing people on something. I'm, I'm definitely my, like my lifestyle is so not entertaining I wake up, I go to the gym, I come back, I have breakfast with the family. I maybe do an awesome recording with you, hang out with awesome people like you and, and just hang out all day. Like I, I, since I don't have a job, it's just, I'm blessed to do that. Yeah. And I don't think that highly of myself to be like doing like a video blog or whatever video log or just like a lifestyle thing. It's just, yeah. so with master passive income and what I gravitate towards is how my main mind thinks is content of teaching and educating and helping people. Cause I find that the more people that I help, the better my life is in general, because I just feel better because man, I helped this person yeah. buy their first property and they're making $250 a month in passive income. I feel so great. Or on top of that, or as well as on top of that, their lives are transformed. Their lives are changed. And so I love the idea of content that is actually educating, that is actually teaching. Now you do have one channel, a quick little deviation of what we're talking about. I'll jump right back to it. But you have a channel 
that it seems like it's more education and entertainment at the same time because it's fun. It's called Backfire. So everybody, you got to look mm -hmm. up on YouTube, look up Backfire. Great, great content and teaching you, showing you like uh, uh, basically rifle reviews or scope reviews, all that sort of stuff. And that, you know me, I'm, I'm big in hunting and I love shooting. I love all that stuff. So I was like, man, this is a great channel. But yeah. is that one more, uh, or is that entertainment and like education? How would you ball that one up? Yeah. So it's easy to think like, okay, cool. I can, I can make great money selling a course on teaching people personal finance, teaching people how to invest real estate, online business. People are willing to spend money on that. But what Backfire does is it's, it's an example. It's showing how you can take any topic and find a way to, to do that. And so with Backfire, it is a combination of those. We've probably been maybe a little more on the informational side in general, but we're starting to make more of that content that's intended just to be more entertainment as well. Um, we just did a video that was on um, the quote, impossible shot. Um, a, a guy told us it was impossible to shoot one rifle and shoot it down the barrel of another rifle, like from a distance that he's like, you just, it can't be done. And I'm, I'm sorry, you can't tell me that it can't be done because then we're <laughs> going to go do it. And so we did it and we made a video about it. There's no instruction in there at all. It's just what happens. And we rented this um, slow motion phantom camera. And so we got this slow motion footage of bullet going in the barrel and then it like kind of exploding out both ends. Awesome. Um, is that, is that live cool. yet? I got to watch it. It's live. Yeah, oh, it's live. You can go check it out I'm right after out. this. <laughs> and it just, it was just totally fun. It's just intended to, to be that. And so on that channel, here's what we're looking at for monetization soon. It's not monetized with all these things yet, but it does have some ads, which does earn us some money. Um, we're going to be able to sell, I mean, affiliate products like crazy. Um, you can't with YouTube, you can't sell a firearm. You can't, I can't put an affiliate link to a firearm in the description. And so, you know, this comes back to a question you asked earlier. I think it is very valuable and important to have a website that goes along with your YouTube channel. There needs to be somewhere to send people. Um, and this will become more important later on as well, because the other thing we're going to do is start making courses. Um, and the approach we have to this channel is, and this is just YouTube in general, people just want to go there to, to learn stuff, to not be judged, to be entertained. And so like, I, I don't know about you, as, as somebody who does hunt and shoot and stuff, you've probably been to the gun store many times and there's always a certain amount of ego at the it gun is. counter. It's, it's, it's sad. You ask the guy, yeah. It's, it's really it's sad. not a very good experience. And so when you go in there and you ask a simple question like, look, I just don't know where to get started. Which rifle should I get for, you know, I want to go hunting. Well, what are you hunting? Well, I'm maybe deer, maybe elk. Well, you need two different rifles for that dummy. Which is it? You know, it's like, <laughs> that's the feeling you get. You are 100% right. <laughs> we just wanted to be none of that. And so we try to break it down. We try to use normal people terminology, but also teach some of the vernacular that's used in hunting so that when you do go to the gun counter, you don't feel like an idiot. Um, and people just want that. And so it really resonates with a lot of beginners. We do get some hate from some oh, of the people who you're going the to gun get. counter people, right? They're just like, you know, you told me that gun's not very accurate, but mine is They're like, okay, <laughs> all right, dude, cool. I'm glad you shoots well. <laughs> you're Ricky, dude, you're, you're hitting the nail on head, especially in YouTube. You get people that just easily and quickly post comments yes. on there. I learned that comments for me, I try my best because I have books, I have my courses, I have my podcasts, I have my YouTube. I learned that comments, like anything that's good, I'll keep. If it's bad, which there are some people who are just, 
I wouldn't call them a troll, but they're just, they're not the best. They're, they're not very nice. And they, they yeah. want to make sure that you understand that they are smarter than you. And I just like, I completely just say, thank you very much and move on. Like I try my best not to yeah. let that get internalized because it'll try to derail you. And if I would have, oh, so I wrote my book, how to quit your job with rental properties. And I published it before I really started coaching or anything like that. I got some people saying, oh, this is bad advice and blah, blah, blah. Well, if I would have stopped then because I got some yeah. you know, criticism, I would not be where I am at now, where I have hundreds of students investing and just so like they say, I praise God every single day for you because you've helped me to change my life with these properties. I'm like, man, if I would have exactly. stopped with that one comment or five comments, I would not be helping these people out. So I love it. I love it. So as you're building up, let's let's shift a little bit back to um, as we're building a channel. Now, one thought is the idea of, is there a market for it? Are people really looking for this type of topic? That is one. A lot of people kind of think, well, I have this weird one. Like I like stacking rocks for some reason in a certain way. And maybe people might want to watch that. I don't know. That could be. I just, I just literally just made that right now. But the other thought is, because we want to make sure that people want to watch that. The other thought is, which I get all the time, is, well, there's so many people in that space already doing it now. And I said, hey, how many people do you think teach real estate? Like thousands <laughs> and thousands and thousands. And I jumped in there and I'm doing okay. So even if you think the market is saturated, you're still going to be fine. The way you say it is different than the way that I say it or anybody else. And what turns somebody off from me, might they might like the way you do it. So if it's big or small, we just need to understand what type of market it is and actually start going after that. So now, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. Well, I was going to ask a question with what are your thoughts about yeah, we, if we have the market, we know what we're going to go after big, small, whatever. We, we know we're going to start going after. It's not so small where nobody's going to watch it, but it's not, you know, we're not worried about it being too big because we can have our own voice. Once we realize, let's say it's, I want to start doing a barbecue, you know, channel. I just, I love barbecuing and I love cooking meat and I want to start a barbecue channel. What is the next step? Like what? Okay. I know I want to do this. Do we go out and buy this $8,000 camera? Do we hire editors? Like what do we need to do to get that channel going? Yeah, great question. And you know, when it and stepping one step back to the competition, um, we've been in the blogging game for a long time. We start new blogs every year, and YouTube is so much less competitive than the broader web. YouTube's still like the Wild West. I mean, and there's still so much room for everybody. So just if you have that like doubt in your head right now. Just know you can throw it away. It pretty much doesn't matter what industry you want to get into. There's a niche for you um, in in on YouTube. Love it. No, so back to your question, like where do we get started? If in fact, my I have um, my mom and sister started this quilt shop. I've talked about it a few times briefly on um, our channel a little bit as an example, but they're what they've started doing is teaching. They teach in person classes, and with COVID nineteen going on they've moved to online and they're just doing these through like Facebook lives. They're like, we want to step up our game. What equipment do we need to buy? And this is what I told them. I'm like, forget cameras. Like cameras are great, but they're expensive. Go get a light and a microphone. If you have a cell phone with a camera on it. Exactly. exactly that's exactly <laughs> right. Jim and I, two years ago, almost now, we went and bought the brand new iPhone 10 because it had an amazing camera on it. And it does. It's amazing. And we use this thing for, for B-roll all the time. I've made whole YouTube videos on this camera dozens of times. We started out our YouTube channel, the Income School YouTube channel, um, 
some a lot of those videos were filmed. Jim put his cell phone on a little <laughs> gorilla tripod with the little bendable legs. You can just go buy one on Amazon for like 15 bucks. And he puts it there on his desk and we sit and look at his phone and talk to it. Um, and you know, and, and then I would say, go get a light. There's, um, lighting is hugely important. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be crazy. I mean, you can go buy a, um, just a photographer, three softbox pack for a couple hundred bucks, or we're, we're using these, um, Neewer brand panel lights. It's like an eight by eight panel. Um, so they take up way less space than soft boxes and, or a ring light. Those work fantastic. Just go get one of those. We got one of those here. We got and, a ton of lights now, but yeah, that's and, all you need. Yeah, I completely agree with it. And what I found is that the audio quality is more important than the video quality. Now, the video can't be horrible. Yeah. It can't be just garbage, you know, right. on a, a eight millimeter or something like it can't be that bad. <laughs> but if the audio is not there, people are not going to want to stay. And so you want to make yeah. sure that you have both the audio mostly I get a decent microphone, even like a $20 lapel microphone is probably going to be just fine for most of the, and just plug in your phone. And I kid you not, Ricky, you're going to, you're going to love this. So with me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty frugal, but I'm also like, I just want as little work as possible. So I literally record my videos with my, so this is a galaxy S nine. I probably should go ahead and buy the um, iPhone because it has a really good camera, but this one's working great. And what was so fun was I had somebody comment either on the video or a Facebook group saying, Hey Dustin, what do you, what camera do you use for your videos? They look great. I'm like, I just use my galaxy. That's it. Just make sure you that's have right. good light. Yep. Well, and that's, and that's really important guys is um, if you go, go, if you go buy a nice camera, but you don't have expertise in how to use it, your phone will probably look better because it's gonna do a lot more color correcting and stuff for you um, to deal with lighting. Like when we go film outside, it's a pain to use our nice cameras. You, you're gonna to wanna to put a lens filter on it because it's too bright. Your, your phone's just gonna correct for that. It's gonna look way better. Um, my wife has the newest um, Pixel phone, the Google Pixel. It's got a great camera on it. Um, a lot of these phones just have amazing cameras today. And um, Jim and I talk about this. We're like, eh, I don't know. There were maybe two generations away of iPhone before we don't need other cameras anymore. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true because we might want to do something, but I don't know if I want to shoot something where I'm going to get a nice, cool little slow-mo pick. The iPhone is better than our Sony's that we use. So anyway, that's, and then like you said, um, a microphone, we use, um, we use a lapel mic that doesn't connect to the phone. It records separately so we can walk around and stuff. There's a task cam, um, right? It's a task cam, the DR 10 L. And I think they're like 120, 150 dollars a piece. But for most people, I think a little a, one that plugs in. A lot of the plug-in ones for your phone come with like a 30 feet of cord if you want. And so then you could just put your phone on a little. I'm going to show you what, what I got. So I literally just bought this. It is it's yeah. a long cord. I mean, yeah. You can see this. There's a lot of cord here. So you can have the camera <laughs> as far away as you want as possible. And then, and this exactly. is what I recorded. So you have the little lapel mic and it works just fine. If you guys can see it, it works great. And it yeah. sound, the quality sounds great. And also what I do. So since I podcast, I have this, this, uh, really, uh, I love yeah. this microphone. It's a, a road podcaster mic. Um, it works really yep. well. Quality is a little more deeper, but it's for more podcasts, but you also need to have it really close to you relatively close. But, um, yeah, yeah you definitely want audio. You definitely want the lighting. If you don't have good lighting, it's not going to look that great. And what was funny. So there's a, a friend of mine, you might've met him at the conference we were at. 
but he was telling me because he's big into video and audio. He loves, you know, techie. He loves all that stuff. And I said, hey, I want to shoot this video where I'm literally destroying my diploma. So my diploma, it's literally in, in Boston Wood. I'm going to blow it up. Like, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to blow it because I never <laughs> am never going to need that again. And he said, and I said, so what should I, should I get my, like, buy a great DSLR? Should I go rent some cameras? I'll, Dude, just get your phone out. And that's going to be so yeah. much better because outdoors in lighting, you want the big, you know, yep. pick the right time of day with the better lighting, like at 5 p.m., stuff like that. Sure. And he just said, your phone is great. So mm. we have now let's. We know a phone would be great to use. We definitely want a somewhat of a decent microphone. We need lighting. Now, what uh, we're, we'll get to scheduling and how often we should post, but what should we think about? Like, how should we plan out what we should post on our channel? Let's say it's a smoking channel, like smoker, like, uh, you know, smoking meat and ribs yep. and all that sort of stuff. How should we plan out what content that we should put out there? Well, I, I think um, one important piece is to, kind of take the the right stance, the right perspective for what you want to be, right? So if you don't really feel like you're much of an expert, that's okay, but don't act like one, right? Um, you go out there and you say, you know, I just bought this smoker. I'm, you know, this is awesome. I've been learning from some of these other guys. Malcolm Reed's got an awesome channel where he makes awesome food. And I've been learning a bunch from him, but I've been learning a bunch from a bunch of other people. And you know, here's what I tried. One thing that we found that works really well too, is to do like, like a test. It's like, you know, I wanted to find out if it really matters, um, which brisket you buy, like, you know, is choice good enough or do I need to go to, you know, like how much should I be spending on my slab of meat? Does it really matter? And so what do you do? You go buy one of each. It's going to cost you 200 bucks and, you know, and maybe you can't do that right now. Maybe you need to start a little smaller and it's like, you know, does it matter? if I buy, you know, choice versus select versus whatever of steaks, right? That's a lot less expensive than briskets. Um, but run the test yourself. Now you have like, it's like primary research, right? You're the person who came up with the answer. Um, and so that kind of stuff works really well. The other thing too is in terms of like specific topics, I'll kind of go back to that. If, if we can find a handful of topics where there's another video that gets that's got a lot of views, but it's a small channel. That's stuff people are searching for. So when we start a brand new channel, for the first little while, we're going to focus a lot on creating content that's highly searchable. Um, the stuff people will type into YouTube, um, to the YouTube search bar. Is that so? I definitely want to jump into to that because that's yeah. that's huge. There's so okay. much in there, but hold pause <laughs> or hold your thought of where you're going to go because I don't want you to lose that. Um, is that yep. the same as SEO search, like for Google? Is that this like you you find a good keyword in Google because that's a whole nother ball of wax? But let's say in right. Google keyword search, you found a great one that low competition, high a lot of people searching for it. Great, let's go ahead and create a video for that. Is that the same thing or is it totally different? It's actually fairly similar in that stage. So for a brand new a brand new channel, I want the stuff that people are are likely to type into a search bar. And so it's very very much like the, you know, finding the right keywords, finding the right topics for blog posts um for SEO. It works very very much the same actually. Um except we, you know, just because something would do well in a blog post doesn't mean it'll do well on a video. And so I wouldn't, I definitely would not rely on a tool that's designed for blogging or that's designed for web SEO. I would go actually just look on YouTube, um, for topics where, um, you know, where there's, there is some existing content 
that's had some views. So you can tell that people are looking for this. So there's um, no special tool. It's just literally go to YouTube and start typing like, what is a brisket or something like that? Is that what you're thinking? Pretty much. And in fact, you know, if you just start typing in um, something like that in the Google search bar, just like, or in the YouTube search bar, just like on Google, it will auto suggest stuff for you. And so if you start with kind of the primary, what's the primary search? Like, you know, I want to do something with smoking a brisket. And so you can use some of those, like if you put in an asterisk, it's telling YouTube fill in the blank. I, you know, there's another word here, but I don't know what it is. Um, and you just start typing in questions like, um, how much asterisk brisket and then see what Google or what YouTube gives you. Um, if YouTube provides it as an auto suggest, it's because they think that's what you might be searching. And the only reason they would think that is if other people are searching for it too. And so it's, it's a great tool. We even use that um, for blogging as well. We don't usually rely on the keyword tools um, because the data set they rely on is so small relative to the entirety of the internet. And so we let Google tell us by auto-suggesting things for it. Um, something like quickly to touch on, like TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is a, a program that you can pay money to be in. Would you suggest that or just say, you know, you're fine. If uh, if you want to spend the money, it's like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or whatever it is. Um, would it be fine to not just do exactly what you're saying? Or would it be smart to actually invest in something like that? You know, um, I can see value in the in some of the tools like TubeBuddy and stuff. We've We've kind of played around with it a little bit, but that is not been it hasn't been the deciding factor for any video we've ever made and we're doing very well on youtube so i what i would suggest for most people is don't get too hung up on what the tools tell you um the tools all rely on incomplete data sets they're all relying on like clickstream type data which is a small percentage of web traffic um and so because of that we've we've had misleading results um several times from from these kinds of tools um i think all of the tools have aspects of the tool that are really good. So, you know, in the blogging world, Ahrefs has some phenomenal features. TubeBuddy has some really good features. But if you're starting out a channel, I probably wouldn't spend the money on it today. Um, for most people who are trying to quit their job and do YouTube, they, they don't want to spend a bunch of money. And It'd be and better to invest in a microphone and a light. Those are, I would yes. much rather see somebody invest in those. I'm with you on that one for sure. Cool. Okay. So keep going with what your, your original thought. So as we, you, I, I mentioned how we're doing these really searchable videos in the beginning of a channel. Yep. There's a point along the way where your traffic and YouTube will tell you this in the analytics. There's a point where your traffic is coming less from search and more from other things, right? There's the browse and there's the suggested. Browse means it's the YouTube homepage. Um, somebody goes onto YouTube and it's one of the videos that if, if it's they're scrolling through YouTube, it is there. Suggested is they're watching a video and it shows up in the sidebar or down below as a suggested video based on the other stuff you're watching. So I'm watching a video. YouTube's going to suggest other things that are similar. The browse is just, hey, you've watched these kind of videos before. So we think you might like this. So let me um, pause you right there and say uh -huh. that is so amazing. You will not get that with writing an article for a blog. <laughs> you will not get that on a podcast. Podcasts are not gonna say, nope. you you watched or listen to this, you might like this. This is what I was right. just mind blown when I realized I've been stupid. I should have just went for YouTube because they <laughs> literally do this. They say, this is great, check this one out too. And it could be yours. That's exactly what YouTube does. And that's why we find it as 
And you're right. Blogs don't do this. You don't read one blog and it says, hey, you read this blog. You might like these other ones. Nobody's doing that, right? But on YouTube, that is exactly how it works. Because if we, I think it's important that we understand what the goal is of Google, of YouTube, of whoever. In YouTube's case, their goal is to get people to keep watching videos. The longer they watch videos, the more ads they get to see, the more money YouTube makes. That's just the way it works. So watch time is key for them. And so if somebody, you know, watches one of your videos and every time they watch it, it always, they always want to watch another video. They're going to promote that first video a lot because they, they clicked through to another one too. And so their watch time is longer. Um, so that's, I, I think it's important to understand the motivations behind them. So once we hit that point where our traffic source is not, is less from search and more from the others combined, right? Um, so browse plus suggested becomes more than search. Then we start focusing our videos to be a little bit less about the search and a little bit more on the interest side. So, you know, the topics, the headlines, you know, at this point, we're maybe even a little less sophisticated about which topics we choose. And we just try to create content that we think the audience we've cultivated will like. And so that's where we can make this video. Nobody's searching for what happens when you shoot one gun with another gun? Like nobody's searching that in the YouTube search bar, but because we're getting more traffic from those, those browse and suggested features than from search, that video still does really well. People still watch it because it's just going to pop up in their feed. That's awesome. No, I com completely agree with that. And that was what really turned me around to realizing I'm just, I've just been just so narrow minded or just thinking, it's too much work when it's actually not like I literally just get my cam, yeah. my phone, get one of the little tripod that squeezes the camera and you put uh -huh. it right there and just turn on this little light and all of a sudden just hit record and then you make videos. So now that we, if we hit that, I think you call it like an inversion or something like it switches yeah. where instead of yeah, just the source inversion, right? Source I mean, inversion. It inverts, it flips from one source of traffic to another. And you touched on something that I definitely want to touch on. And we're going to talk in just a, a minute about scheduling and how often we should post. But because you talked about it, I definitely want to bring it up. You talk about something like a uh, a spoke on a wheel or basically I, I think maybe like a wagon wheel or something. Talk to us about that uh -huh. because you said something that was yeah. really key. People might have just kind of glossed over or not really understood what you meant. But if YouTube says, hey, this person watched this video and then they watch this video after it all the time they're going to obviously promote the first one and or the second one. Like they say, these work really well together. Let's keep promoting that to everybody else. So talk right. to us a little bit about that. So what we like to do is it's kind of, we call it like a wagon wheel strategy where there's hubs and there's spokes, right? And all the spokes connect to a hub um, for a wheel. And so, um, you know, what we'll do is maybe we'll, we'll find an area where there's an opportunity, maybe even for monetization. Um, on the Income School YouTube channel, we, we filmed a webinar style YouTube video. We always call them webinars internally, but it's really not because it's not live, right? It's just this webinar style video where we, that's the video where we push our course, where we push Project 24. Um, the rest of the time, we don't really have to talk about it that much. We'll, we'll kind of mention it here and there. We're like, oh, well, you know, if you're in Project 24, there's a course here for you, but, and, and we'll kind of tease it like that, but we don't have to do a hard sell all the time. Um, but then what we'll do is we'll make other videos that are tangentially related on more specific topics. And those videos point people over to that webinar. So, 
you know, at the, you know, at some point in a video, you'll say, but, you know, to learn more about this, we have a full in-depth webinar for you. Just, it's right here on YouTube. You don't have to sign up for it. Just go watch it. And boom, some pe people go watch it and YouTube likes that. Um, the same, we've done the same thing with our, with our shooting channel, right? We'll go do reviews of, we just did, um, it was eight rifles, eight hunting rifles for under $750. There's a video for each one that goes into detail on some testing on each one. But then there's one video where we kind of put them all up against each other and give them a grade and stuff and help you decide which one to buy. Well, if you're watching one of the individual reviews and then in that review, we say, but if you want to see how this compares to these other seven, go watch this other video. You have to go watch the other you video. Do. You I did. don't even have a choice. Yeah, I literally exactly. clicked on it. I watched both. <laughs> exactly. So now you have these other eight videos that are also all sources of traffic for that one video. YouTube likes that they watch more. So YouTube promotes all of them. And in the end, you have this one video that is a great opportunity for monetization um, in many cases, not always, but um, it can also just be a great way to build up a channel and just invite people to subscribe um, to just so that you can build up that channel to monetize later. Yeah. And you're 100% right. And everybody needs, you really need to grab this, that YouTube wants people to stay on YouTube. And if you can create content that gets people continually watching what you're putting out, they're going to say, hey, let's keep promoting these guys. We're making money. We're getting rich off of this one guy That's who's right. creating content for us. So you want to be thinking about that. How can we make sure that somebody stays watching and doesn't get bored? Because I, I used to create videos uh, because I had no clue what I was doing. I would just be like, hey, guys, so uh, today uh, we're going to be just not good. It's not you know direct and to the point because people are so fast right. to hit that back button, which is not good in YouTube's eyes. And so you want to get right to the point. There's certain key things that you actually want to do to grab attention. Um, things, things like jump right into, this is what we're talking about. Like whatever the title is, I'm literally saying yep. that on the video. So you're not going to lose attention. So now let, that's a whole nother thing about what we should put into the video, which I don't want to go down right now. What I want to talk about is yeah schedule like how often should we post because if we're posting once a month that's only 12 videos which i like i know i'm gonna try to get to 100 videos as fast as possible because it's just gonna be sharing not sharing but like search and everything is gonna be kind of like grabbing each other and helping each other all the videos out um it should it be once a week should it be once a month what are your thoughts about scheduling out yeah. videos and how do we or do we need to on top of that make sure that they one leads into the other or can they be completely separate great question so um for what we teach, the methodology we teach, and for the types of channels we tend to create, we volume is key. Um, it's not the only thing. Obviously, the quality of the video matters. And But when you're starting a new channel, it's hard to know that you're going to get a winner every time. And so it's important to have more volume going out there. So our recommendation, what we've what we teach people is in that first week when they launch a channel, they should publish three videos. Um, much more than three and you really do. There are some people that publish every day, but, um, you do kind of run the risk of a video, um, that cannibalizes on your other videos. So when you publish a video, usually it's going to, you know, it's going to go out to your audience of subscribers. They're going to see it right away in their notifications. And over about the next 48 hours, it's going to get its biggest opportunity amongst your subscribers. And then it'll kind of taper off into a, a steady state of, just normal viewers seeing it. Um, and so those first 48 hours are important. If you publish another video only 24 hours later, well, the people that are your subscribers that might've watched that first video, you already have another one for them. And so 
some of them aren't going to come watch it. And, and that can, how your video does with your own audience is oftentimes an important indicator to YouTube of which ones they should push out. So three times in a week is pretty good, but it's also a lot for a lot of people, especially if you're still working at still that working job, a job right? yeah, exactly. And so our recommendation is generally do two a week um, until you hit either at least a thousand subscribers or that source inversion. At that point, once we have enough content out there that, you know, our channel feels like it has a lot. Like if somebody watches a video and they liked it, they need other videos to go to. So once we hit that about that point, um, we're okay with reevaluating and going to more like one to one and a half videos a week. The half being, we really like that one video going out every week at the same day, same time. That extra video being kind of like a bonus that comes out once or twice a month. Um, that's generally what we do with our channels because it's a manageable schedule. On the other hand, there are some people who make who have channels where every video is a winner. And they have, like, Mark Rober has gotten away with one video a month since he started his channel. That's what he publishes. He publishes one video a month. What is he? Like I've never guy, heard of him. You haven't heard of Mark Rober. He's um, he's a, he's a um, mechanical engineer, worked for NASA, and then he started making YouTube videos. And the one that went viral that started his whole kind of fame, and he's at over 10 million subscribers now. Um, but it was a glitter bomb. And so it was for um, people that come around at Christmas time and steal your Amazon packages. That. Yes. Okay. Now you've seen it. Yeah. See, that's who Mark Rober is. You've seen that video. That video went all over the place. And because of that, his channel launched to success and he puts out one video of that quality. That I mean, quality, he usually yes. engineered something. Um, there's another, we've got a friend. Um, his name is Jared Owen. He does 3D animations. Um, and so he, like, he's got a video where he, Visually, it's computer animated, but he disassembles a Rubik's cube and shows you how it works. He does those kinds of videos. Um, he's done tour of like Star Trek ships, like tours, visual tours. So he animates these things and he puts out one a month. And I, 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 I'm going to say it wrong. I, I want to say he's at like 2 million subscribers. I mean, the guy's killing it uh, in terms of just views on his channel and he puts out one a month. But he puts a whole month. I mean, this is now his full-time job. But that quality is so stuff. much more than your cell phone and a little lapel exactly. microphone. <laughs> so. Right. It's it's a different game. Um, and so there's that sort of level. And the problem with going that route for most people starting out is you can't guarantee success. Um, the path we're teaching um, with a little bit more volume, you have more opportunities, right? You get... Um, you know, 52 to 104 chances per year to have something take off. And it usually takes one or two videos. In fact, our channel, Income School, it was kind of two videos early on that drove our subscribers. Um, and that's usually all it takes, but you just don't know which ones it's going to be. So let's say the, okay, it seems like two videos a week is somewhat doable or one and a half, like you're saying. It's somewhat doable if you're using your phone, if you have good content, you have a microphone, you have a light, you're putting that stuff out. Now, the type of content that I've been putting out for Master Passive Income is what well, what is a land contract? Because people search for that. Like, what is a land contract? And I literally explain, this is what it is, this is how you use it. It really doesn't seem like that's going to go viral at all. Like the glitter right. bomb, that would go viral. Things like that. <laughs> Should we... Focus on, like, if we're de delivering content that's educating, helping people to realize uh, whatever it might be. For me, it'd be real estate. For you, be teaching people how to do um, business online. 
Should we focus on just putting out good content that is education? Or should we at all ever think of, let's put out, like, let's try to put a whole bunch of effort into creating one of these glitter bomb type ones that hopefully could go viral. But then again, I don't know how it can go viral teaching somebody how to invest in real estate. Uh, but th what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, trying to figure out how to um, make something go viral, to make a viral video, it's there's too many factors. There just are. And we've tried it a handful of times. And you just don't know. Um, and so I, I usually wouldn't recommend that. But along those lines, one thing I do think is important is once your channel is fairly established, you have a good subscriber base, even after you were at about 10,000 subscribers, um, you start to get to a point where like how your video performs with those subscribers really does dictate how far YouTube pushes that video. And so if you make a video that's only relevant to 5% of your subscribers, then that video is probably dead in the water. Um, it it will work for those who do that search on YouTube. It will it will be effective there, but it can kind of annoy your audience. One of the things that we've been this happened kind of accidentally, but um, we've learned from it since is we've had very high engagement in in the terms of um, for the number of subscribers we have, the views we get in our first week are immensely high. There are some channels who get who have five times as many subscribers as income school, but who get fewer views in the first week on any, and fewer views overall. Um, you can, you can actually look at everybody's channel and see how many views they have on every video. And you might be surprised if you go look at our channel versus others in our industry, we get a ton of views with small, a smaller channel. Um, and the reason for that is we're pretty careful to not put out videos that aren't relevant to at least most of our audience. Um, and that can be hard to do because like in real estate, there are a lot of kind of specific things that you would want to teach. And so an, op an option there is YouTube does have an option when you publish a video to not notify your subscribers. So if you want to put out a series of videos that are very just searchable, that you feel like are important for your channel to have, but might be annoying to 80% of your audience to see that pop up in their feed, just push them out quietly. Um, we haven't experimented a ton with that, but um, we're finding that when you do put out a video that just flops with most of your audience, it, it can actually harm the momentum of your channel. That's interesting. So I, I posted, we're, we're in a mutual, uh, Facebook group of other content creators uh -huh. and I posted something in there and I'm just doing it as an experiment. So I created, I wrote my book, how to quit your job with rental properties. I even have an audio book where I sell both of them. It's mostly to help people realize, Hey, Dustin knows what he's talking about. So like, you know, after they consume my content, I actually, you know, this guy might know what he's talking about. Let's continue, like look further into it. So it's not necessarily a money generating. It, it makes a little bit of money, but long story short, the question I had was, okay, hey, everybody, I have an audiobook of my book. It's like five hours long. And I looked, and if you type in real estate investing audiobook, like there's only a few of them, but they have like hundreds of thousands of views because they're just, they want to listen to it for free. They don't want to pay for it. I thought, you know what? Why don't I just, as a test, just put my audiobook out there? I only, like, when somebody buys it, I make like a dollar or two dollars. I mean, it's not a lot of money when somebody buys it. Right. So I'm like, eh. Let's just try to see if that'll help my channel. So it was just this last week. I put it out there and I clicked that button that says, do not notify the people. Cause I didn't want them to like, oh, let's just go. I just want to see it's a test if it's going to searchable and actually get. So long story short, I think after like three days, I have 20 people that have actually watched it. 
And so I was like, hey, this is cool. It's a good experiment. So we'll see. I'll, I'll let yeah. you know in the future if it actually works out. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and I think we've only done that like once or twice. And when we did it, um, someone later found the video and then they comment on our channel somewhere else. They're like, hey, how come I didn't see this? You know, this didn't show up in my feed. So sometimes people are, it's, but you know, you'll never please everyone. <laughs> no, you <don't. laughs> oh, to deal with the internet. <laughs> okay. So I have content. I know that I'm going to start going after it. Now I know in project 24, this is something we'll, we'll definitely talk a little bit about, but project 24, you even have like an outlined list or an Excel sheet walking you through, like do this, like think of these types of content, this type of content. We're not going to get into that because there's so much to learn there. Um, uh -huh. so everybody definitely, I, I love project 24. I think it's great, great content. All the things I've been, you know, taking years to learn, they literally encapsulated all right there for you to, to digest. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But what I'm thinking about now is we started generating some content. We have people now coming to our channel or finding us and we get, and this is the YouTube, like, uh, criteria, or if you're going to be able to monetize, it's a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours or watch hours in order to be able to be monetized. Now, what are your thoughts about if you are a content provider? Now, my goal would be to get somebody to find me on YouTube and then go to my course or my coaching, my group coaching, the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership and learn how through there. It's not necessarily to make money through YouTube, which would be great to make money in through ads. Should I turn on ads if my desires to have them eventually just, you know, grab my content and say, I like Dustin. Now let me go hire him to actually teach me. Is it smart to turn on the ads? Because you know what? You might make a little bit of money, but you might turn off somebody. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, when, you know, we first put ads on the income school YouTube channel, it was a long time ago. Um, I think even before we were really making, before we even had project 24 that we were selling and, um, and so, and we just never turned them off. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what sort of impact it's having on, um, on the channel growth, if it would grow faster without the ads, I will say that in our space, most everybody has them, um, in the, you know, making money online, internet marketing kind of stuff. Um, the SEO, every, everybody seems to have them. And so people are used to that and they're okay with it. Um, a few years ago, that probably wasn't the case. People weren't used to seeing ads and it would be a major turnoff. They'd click away. There are some things I would not do though. There's there's an option to put ads mid-roll in a video. Don't don't do that. I'm sorry. Like it drives me nuts when I'm watching a video <laughs> and someone gets cut off mid-sentence and some ad starts playing and I almost always leave. And it's interesting. Um, there's a there's a cool graph in YouTube analytics where you can look at any video and see what like how many what percentage of the audience were watching at that point in time. And so it'll drop off quickly in the first few seconds. So some people will leave right away. Um, and then it'll kind of level out and it'll just kind of slowly drop. But then you'll see some spots where it suddenly drops more. And you'll see some spots where it seems to even have an uptick where it's like people kind of stopped. And those spots where it drops off are always where there's some kind of transition where um, it, it felt like there was some sort of, there was closure or there's a, a long pause. And, and so throwing an ad in, in the middle, that's a giant pause, like a certain, like a large percentage of people will leave. So don't do that. But, um, anyway, it's really interesting to look at those graphs and you can look at them. It's cool. You can click through the graph and it'll have the video up above it. So you can see where it is in the video. And it's fascinating sometimes to play with that and see like, okay, there's kind of an uptick here. What was I doing here that everybody seemed interested in? Um, but so with ads, 
I wouldn't do mid roll ads. Um, but the other ads I, I actually am okay with, they don't seem to be hurting anything. Um, the, one, the one that I don't see you do on income school are two that I can, I'm aware of. Number one are the display ads that pop up on the screen. Uh-huh. I don't remember seeing many of those, but also, and one thing that I will not put on my, my videos is the non skippable ads. Those are like yes. four minutes long. Yeah. I was like, dude, I, I want them to get in my content. I don't want them. To, this is horrible. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah. I don't like those either. I frankly, um, I want people to get to the content. That's the most important thing I can give them is the content. Um, it's where I make way more of my money is from them consuming the content. And so if I'm going to do something that really gets in the way, I mean, people are fine with watching five seconds of an ad and clipping, clicking skip, right? But people don't want to sit there for two, three minutes watching a non-skippable ad. And frankly, when it comes to those ads, if people are willing to pay enough to buy a four-minute non-skippable ad, YouTube will show it. And I'd rather they didn't show it on my channel. I agree with you 100% on that <laughs> awesome. one entirely. And the display ads, I I think we have that unchecked as well to not show those. Um, and I, I again, it pops up. It's over the screen for over part of the screen. And so I'd you might have a title there. You might have, you know, it's just exactly it's not having it. Okay. I mean, people, so, can, people can turn that off, but they can click the little X and close it. But I don't. Yeah. Well, because you and I, what we're trying to do is get people to understand our content, buy into our content, right. what we're showing. Okay. So as we're wrapping up, the last thing I really want to know is we already have a schedule where we're doing, let's say we bought in, we're doing twice a week. We keep going, we keep going. We hit that thousand mark and we're starting to make a little bit of money, which money's nice from YouTube, but you know, it's also the other things, you know, different ways to monetize. And we've already talked about a few of them, uh, courses and coaching and membership and all that sort of stuff. Now, how would we then scale? Is it just more of the same? Like just keep putting out content, keep putting out content, or is there any changing that we should do to get to where we have 125,000 view, uh, subscribers like you guys have? Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking, as you asked the question, I was thinking about the course and scaling that, but in terms of, and that's kind of another thing as well, like, Scaling our monetization is important. So I'll hit on both. Yeah. Um, when you start off, like before I put the time and attention into creating a course, it's almost better to sell some sort of coaching or consulting because um, you you learn so much by oh, working yeah. with people one-on-one. Um, when we first started, we put out this, it was called Niche Site School before it was Project 24. It was kind of the 60 steps uh, for blogging specifically. And it came with a consulting piece. People filled out a survey ask their questions. And then Jim or I would record a 15 minute audio file for them and they'd be on their way. And then they got like 60 days of email support doing that for like a year. We got, we, we found which questions we were going to be asked over and over and over again. And then we built them into project 24. And then by the time we were ready for project 24, we'd added enough pieces to the course that, um, even the little consultation piece became unnecessary. Everybody, I mean, they'd hand in their survey and we would look at their idea and be like, looks good, go do it. You know, it it just became unnecessary. So I think you learn a ton there. And then when it's time to scale, there's only so many hours in the day, you can only consult so much. And so when it comes time to scale, you take everything you've learned and you package that up in a very user-friendly way so that they can um, consume that that information. I love Um, that. And you guys with Project 24 is a... Yeah, as a membership and having a membership, I used to be full just course, just selling the course and doing one-off coaching or one-on-one coaching. And then I realized how many more people I can help if I did group coaching. 
get the price point lower, help get so much content in, and then also group coaching, which has been phenomenal. I just love the membership model, which is another route. So what are your thoughts about the membership model? I love the membership model. Um, it's it's nice because it allows me to feel okay with continuing to add new value. So if I sell someone a one-off course, it's like, you bought the course, I'm kind of done with you. And, <laughs> so, and there are a lot of people in Project 24 who bought in early on. And then nine months later, we put out a new course inside of Project 24 that's that's available for everybody that's a member that be, that turned out to be important, um, but it's something we just didn't have before. And so I can feel good about that because I know that if people find it valuable, they're going to give me another 200 bucks next year. If they didn't want it, then cool, they're going to leave. No big deal. Like That's their choice. And so I love that model because I can continue to add additional value and be able to earn for that value. And well. at the same time, the group coaching that you're doing, the, as you're helping people, you're finding out what they need. And then that spurs yeah. on more content that you can just continually give. It's awesome. Yep. I love it. And, you know, we have a community in there where people can post questions and stuff. And Jim and I get in there. Um, a couple other people that we have working for us now get in there. Um, but mostly people are helping each other a lot. But the cool thing is we're seeing what the problems are. We're seeing what the questions are. We had a lot of people in the early days who would go to set up a website and they'd really struggle with WordPress. And we were like, oh, shoot, you know, there's a few things that it seems like about 10% of the people have a hard time with this. Cool. Let's just put it into the lessons. And those questions disappeared. And so it's it's been really neat. We get that kind of two-way communication going. That's great. Okay. Talk to us about YouTube and scaling it to where we get to 125,000 yeah. subscribers like you have. Uh, um, you know, for us, it really has been kind of a more of the same, um, kind of increasing and optimizing a little bit. Um, or I say increasing, improving um, the quality of our videos. It changes a little bit from time to time. You'll see that we'll kind of go a little bit more professional and then we'll like, okay, no, let's take it back a little bit. People on YouTube, people want, they don't, it shouldn't feel like TV. It needs to feel like a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and Jim has this background in professional photography. He did it for years. And so he knows how to make something look TV quality. But if we do that, it feels corporate. Um, and we've done a bunch of studies. We've looked at um, channels. We'll look at channels, like two channels that basically have a video on the same topic. And we'll watch one that's just like some dude out with his <laughs> pellet gun shooting at birds and then on this other one is like these guys inside the store with cool lighting and camera pans in and feels so corporate and which do you think has the most views it's the dude out in the field with his pellet gun shooting at birds um because it it that's just what people expect on youtube so we've had to play with that quite a bit but really what we found is um we need to we need to keep creating content that's informative and entertaining. Um, we need to find the topics that are most applicable to as much of our audience as possible. That gets harder the more kind of niche down you get. So as your channel grows, you actually end up kind of more pigeonholed, um, we're finding, um, because you end up with an audience of fairly specific people. Um, so you, you do have to... Um, kind of balance that a well, little bit. And, and if you do it right though, it's exactly what you want. Like with yes. 
with Master Passive Income, the podcast and the YouTube channel, it's literally me teaching how to invest in just rental properties, not flipping, not wholesaling, not any of that stuff. I don't right. want to do any of that stuff. That's too much work. I want easy. And so I do rental properties and the people that listen to me and they say, man, this guy's horrible. I don't, number one, I don't like the way he says it. He says the wrong things and they turn it off and they go away. They self weed themselves out and I'm not going to waste true. their time anymore. They're not going to waste my time. But the people that stay, they're like, Hey, I like the way this dude says it. Let me go ahead and work with him. So it's, if you do yeah. it right, you're going to self weed or they're going to self weed themselves out. And you're going to have a great audience that says, I really like what Ricky's saying. Let me go ahead and work with him. And I think that brings up the other point that's important when you're scaling. Um, I, I think that's really key, Dustin, is you got to be yourself and you got to be consistent about being yourself. If you're, if you're kind of flip-flopping because you're trying to cater to a broader audience, then everyone will weed themselves out. Um, and so I, I think don't worry too much about, about that, about getting too pigeonholed. Um, just kind of find who you are on YouTube, which by the way, when you're, when you're in the public eye at all, you're always going to be a slight caricature of yourself, right? Um, like I'm, you know, when I'm on YouTube, of course, I'm putting forth the aspects of myself that I think are the most valuable for people to see. Um, you, you know, there's, there's other aspects of who I am as a person that don't come across as much on YouTube, but, um, and, and that's fine because we're all very multifaceted. Um, people. So just understand that that's how it's going to be and that's okay. And be that version of yourself that you like to be and that, that people are happy seeing and, and go with that. And I, it really is kind of more of the same. You just keep doing it and do it persistently. Um, I think that's the biggest difference between a lot of the small channels and the big ones is the big ones. They were once small channels and mm -hmm. they just kept going. That's brilliant. I completely, we all start from zero and yeah. as you grow, you just keep figuring out, I, you adapt, you figure out what's working, what's not working. Just like when I invest in real estate, when I first started, I did so many things wrong. Whatever was wrong, I pulled that out of my business. What was right, I kept it in and I, I make money. And same thing with everything that we do. Same thing with YouTube, with podcasting, writing articles, whatever works. And obviously we're going to continually, should be continually learning, getting better and better. So talk to us briefly about Project 24, because I am honestly... I'm not doing this because, hey, this is this is a promotion at all. I actually went through it. Like I, I was like, uh -huh. this is some great stuff. It teaches you not just blogging, not just YouTubing, but Pinterest as well, and even how to basically do everything with online. It's it's phenomenal. So tell us a bit about Project Twenty Four. Yeah, Project Twenty Four. The concept is replacing your full time income with. On you know an online business in about 24 months. Oh man, um, that was the goal. Successfully the frame, unemployed in 24 yeah, months. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the time frame was based on the original um, building a blog, a website. Um, and we found on YouTube, it's potential. You have the potential to do this even faster. Um, but that's the idea there. And it started off with this blogging 60 steps um, to building a blog. And once you were through with the 60 steps, you had a website and you had a publishing routine. And from here, you just kind of carry on. But over time, we've we've discovered more and more that we just need to teach people. And everything we figure out, we put into Project 24. So, you know, there's a course on um, putting ads on your website. There's a course on using Pinterest for your website. There's, um, it's, there's just full of courses. And then um, about a year ago, we're like, you know what? We, most of our sales come from YouTube. We're good at YouTube. We should teach YouTube. So we put out a YouTube course. Um, that we thought was good, but 
then we started Backfire. So we started a second channel from scratch and tested it out a little bit and learned a bunch more. So then um, earlier this year, we took what we've learned about YouTube and we actually built out an entire 60 Steps for YouTube course um, that's kind of almost like a separate track. I think a lot of people would benefit from doing both, but it's like a separate track. And it's a full 60 steps on just how to grow a brand new YouTube channel based off of everything that we've learned from the channels we've started. Um, and so that's really what Project 24 is all about. We also have a, a community online um, that's private for Project 24 members. We have a podcast where Jim and I, or and Nathan and others who work here, uh, we're talking every single week about whatever's going on, whatever we're thinking about, whatever's wh whatever we're learning. Um, and everything that we learn, it Project 24 gets the full story. YouTube usually gets a piece of it. Um, <laughs> Project 24, that's that's just where Jim and I just, just completely open up and everything that we learn, once we've kind of proven it out and know it works, we're just going to share it. It's and awesome. that's the same thing that, and the reason why I thought, you know what, I got to have Ricky on again because Project 24 is so valuable in my opinion. Um, same thing with like, what you were just saying. Everything that I give away for free on how to invest in real estate from the podcast to my articles, to my YouTube channel, to books and audiobooks, all that sort of stuff is literally 10% of what you need to yeah. learn in order to do this right. And after going through and checking out Project 24, I was like, man, they give out so much on, on um, the YouTube channel and their articles and everything, but there's so much that there's they, they, people need to, to know. And so I personally think Project 24, so good job on that. I think it's great. I think nice. you guys are helping a lot of people. And this is the reason why I have successfully unemployed is I don't need to do this. This is just fun. I get to talk with yeah. cool people like you and just help other people out. So I'm definitely a firm believer in project 24. I think it's a great, great resource. So man, Ricky, man, it's, it's been a fantastic time. There's so much more we could absolutely talk about, but I'm, I value yeah. you and value your time. So thank you so much, Ricky, for being here. How can somebody, I, we talked a little bit about how they can, you know, find you project 24 and all that stuff. So, but give us some specific things. What can they do to either find you website or podcast or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, incomeschool.com is the, is the main website and it'll pretty much direct you, um, to everything. Uh, the income school YouTube channel we have, um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of videos on there that are, that give you a pretty good overview. Um, and so, uh, maybe I can send you, maybe I can send you a link or something, um, to specific videos, but really if you just Google income school, you're going to find all sorts of stuff about us. Go check out the website. Um, it'll direct you to the YouTube channel and stuff. You can learn right on the website. It's going to tell you all about Project 24, give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what's inside there um, if that's something that you guys are interested in. Awesome. And we'll definitely have links to all that sort of stuff as well. Ricky, thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, teaching us how to be a YouTuber and be successful and employed in 24 months, which would be phenomenal. So I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L 
833-733-7777 so you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successful unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. (laughs) 